Welcome to the Episodes podcast. My name is Jimmy Bowens. I am the head of English here at Education Perfect. Today, we are starting the first in a series of short podcasts where myself and the wonderful Irini Christopoulos, who is the head of English for Australia, discuss literature and texts that have changed our lives. And I uh, will now introduce you to the wonderful Irini. Irini, how are you? Can you say hello to the listeners and tell us a little bit about how you're getting on and what's happening in your life? Hi, everybody. Thank you so much, Jimmy, for having me on the podcast. Uh, it's so wonderful to be recording this uh, in our Dunedin HQ office in New Zealand. Uh, with the bubble opening up, um, coming across the ditch has been journey, um, but a really humbling one. It's uh, lovely to think that we're on the other side of all of uh, the calamity that still seems to be unfolding in other places around the world. Um, the last time we did a podcast together, it was in our separate countries, uh, in the midst of, of COVID um, lockdowns. About well-being. About well-being. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's quite nice um, to be here, to be on this podcast. And I really look forward to discussing some life-changing literature with you. <laughs> yeah. So we wanted to do this because we spend a lot of our time in our roles with education technology, focusing on pedagogy. And we think a lot about how to ensure that the technology aspect of our roles is effective and impactful. But we rarely get a chance to talk about the passion part of our subject, which mm -hmm. is, of course, literature and, and yep. books and stories and poetry. So we're going to do a few shows where we explore uh, some of our favorite texts and some of the texts that impacted us. So we get started, I think. Let's jump right into it. And what's this first topic here? So our first topic is the first books that we remember having a big impact on us as a child. All right. Do you want to go first? <laughs> okay, I'll go first. Um, mine is a children's picture book uh, that goes by the title, Guess How Much I Love You oh. by Sarah Bratney. <laughs> And I remember receiving this as a birthday gift from my mum. And it was the first time that I remember receiving a book and she had um, inscribed the back of the front cover with a message uh, and the date. And I still have the copy of that book. And uh, I remember sort of flicking through the, the hardback pages. And uh, at the time I, I couldn't read it on my own, but she would read it to me as frequently as I would ask. And yeah, it just, it just stayed with me, just the, the simplicity of it and uh, the beauty of that relationship between the big nut brown hair and the little nut brown hair. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was just such a, a, a beautiful introduction to picture books and to the symbolism um, behind like the characters and the story. Was it the memory of the situation that Oh, that's so deep. Uh, <laughs> I think if I really think about it, receiving a book as a gift was probably quite a seminal experience. Yeah. Uh, unwrapping it and and having that really tactile. Smell. Yeah. And, and being able to sort of look at the pictures and, and turn Texture. over the page and be, you know, very much a part of that journey of, of uncovering what happens next um, probably contributed in some part to my love of, of books, yeah. like hardback books yeah. that I definitely still have today 
I'm not as interested in in a Kindle or a, an ebook. I, I I like that tactile feeling of an actual physical book. So maybe that's where it started. Yeah, I think everybody can relate to the you know when you when you get a new book. The new book smell? Yeah, just the <laughs> yep. paper and the feel of it. For me, this is not when I was a young child. It wasn't a picture book, mm-hmm. so it's quite a surprising choice. But the the first book that I feel had a really big impact on me as a as a child was Bram Stoker's Dracula. <laughs> but I have to clarify this. This was the Ladybird version. Okay. And okay. it had a tape cassette Ooh. to go with it. I'll never forget it. It, it, it was an incredibly traumatic um, experience, <laughs> oh, gosh. but it was the first time I really became taken over by mm. a story. Yep, the tape was brilliant. It had sound effects. Yeah, awesome. And it, you were just sucked into this gothic world. Yep. And as a young child, it was just so traumatizing because <laughs> it was—it's really creepy. It is. Um, it is a creepy and so story. there's one passage I, I'll read that was incredibly effective to me. I think it's the first time Dracula kind of appears, uh, or Somebody appears as a supernatural being. Yeah, Um, fantastic. I saw the whole man slowly emerge from the window and begin to crawl down the castle wall over the dreadful abyss, face down with his cloak spreading out around him like great wings. At first, I could not believe my eyes. I thought it was some trick of the moonlight, some weird effect of shadow. But I kept looking, and it could be no delusion. I saw the fingers and toes grasp the corners of the stones, worn clear of the mortar by the stress of years, and by thus using every projection and inequality, move downwards with considerable speed, just as a lizard moves along a wall. It's so brilliant, isn't it? But as a child... It is very creepy as well. <laughs> picturing that scene... And and then the and it gets worse, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so Dracula that made me want to be able to tell stories and create mm. an atmosphere like that. And yes, that was uh, that was the the first one for me. I'm curious to know: Were you drawn after that experience to similar sort of gothic, darker texts? Yes. Yes. That's really interesting. So you'll see a few more of my choices later. <laughs> Uh, and this I, is I'm, a foundation yeah, for you. <laughs> I'm just realizing this when we were putting this together. I was like, "Oh, holy! There's a lot. There's a lot of gothic and darkness." In, so in this is text. actually a therapy session. These three uh, maybe. podcasts, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, literature it's, therapy. It's explaining a lot about myself. Brilliant. But yes, I think that then put me on a path where there's something about gothic literature that it, it explores the the inner world of your mm. psyche a little bit more than a lot of other genres, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll talk more about other sex. So the next topic is when we think we became true independent readers, when mm. you remember actually, oh, I was so motivated just to read off by myself. Yeah. yeah. So what's your pick for this one? I had um, a really positive experience with, with the first novel in this series because my mum, once again, picked it out for me and brought it home. And it's a series called Max Remy Super Spy. Okay. Uh, and it's by Deborah Abello and she's an Australian author. And the premise of this series is that there is a really kind of tomboy um, young girl who becomes a, a super sleuth and, and she yeah, she sort of defies all of these rules and uh, expectations and 
she solves these crimes. And the reason I adored this book uh, and I wanted to read the next ones in the series was partly because it was really refreshing to see such a strong, rebellious female character. Yeah. Uh, and the other part of being drawn to this series was the the tone of the language. So it's written in this this sort of weird first, second person and she's quite sarcastic and funny. And I remember having to reread certain passages to to understand how she was expressing herself. And I just loved that it was um yeah, she she had this kind of carefree, sarcastic tone. Uh, I, I have the passage here. It's just loading up for me. So I wonder if I can tag you Did, um, until this loads. <laughs> well, tell me this. So were, were you, were you, I suppose you were um, developing your own personality around this time. And was this the first kind of influential female of a, of an age that you could relate to where you thought, oh, I could be like this or. Yeah, definitely. I grew up in a single parent um, Greek household. So there were a lot of expectations being the firstborn girl in the family to, I suppose there were quite traditional expectations. So yeah. to to see a character growing and changing that could defy expectations and, you know, really create their own strong personality and, you know, be so successful in what they set out to achieve with, you know, their own, you know, strong sense of self. Yeah. That was definitely a really positive influence, I would say. And probably drew me, I think, to strong female characters in other texts as I continued to yeah. grow older. Interesting. Like every time I would read a sort of damsel in distress style of like a victimized kind of female character, yeah. I, I think it would put me off the text. And so yeah. Yeah, I, I would immediately kind of question why the text had been written that way or why she had, you know, found herself in this situation and why she couldn't get herself out of it. So right. I I just inhaled these books. I I couldn't get enough of them and I was so sad when I got to the final book in the series, which I think was her first experience of like it's over. Uh, yeah, and you'd gone no on this <laughs> independent journey through yeah, these narratives. Yeah. yeah the cha- and you came out at the other end a different person, I suppose. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay, let's hear your yeah, sassy... Confident. <laughs> Sassy, confident, Max Remy, super spy. I also love that her name is Max. I, that's the first time I was ever introduced to a um, unisex name. Yes, Max, and I, I, I loved that. So Great name. Here's a, here's a short little passage from Max Remy, super spy. Dr. Evilbrain wasn't pretty, and he wasn't stupid either. At least he wasn't stupid after he'd had the operation. He had the most villainous brain that ever slimed its way into a human head, literally. Dr. Evilbrain had created the world's first synthetic brain, equipped with hypersmart intelligence and precision evil, and knew that with this brain, he'd be smart enough to take over the world. In a complex and very sloppy operation, his assistant, the sinister Count Igor, cut open Dr. Evilbrain's head, scooped out his squelchy old brain, and replaced it with his new and slimy smart one. That's when Dr. Evilbrain hatched his latest plan. <laughs> That's awesome. I, but I particularly like that the way you read that helps me understand this character. Yeah. Yeah. It's the tone. It's yeah. such a fantastic tone. That is great. Yeah. yeah. So for me, I, I think this might be a bit cliche actually, but for me, it was Roald Dahl. Like I clearly remember being in bookshops 
after having read the first Roald Dahl book, which I can't remember which was the first one I read, but I remember that whole period of my young life where I was begging to to get money to I wanted my parents to buy me these books. These I wanted to read everything I could he had written. But the one that I was particularly taken by, and I think this is when I realized, oh, I'm I'm reading a lot these days, you know, <laughs> was when I read The Witches. Yes. And again I'm realizing that's gothic in a way. <laughs> I didn't I did honestly it just it just it's just so visceral and creepy mm. and disturbing. Yeah. For a young person to to read that and a, mm. and cruel, like yeah, I just I think it's very disturbing. But again, it just put me into this world where I had such a dramatic response to some of the scenes in it. But you know what's interesting about Roald Dahl, and I didn't know this until I became an adult. But we'll talk about adult reading in the next episode. That he began by writing uh, war fiction, yes, short war, and and yeah. I wonder whether that. That in part is is how his stories have that quite raw, quite yeah kind of yeah creepy. Have you ever read his adult short yeah, stories? Yeah, I have. They're very unsettling. So. Yeah, so they are. They're very Twilight Zone esque, or, or there's some. They're they're a little bit odd, you know. They're so there's a darker side to it. Yeah, I, I, but I think yeah, the, it comes out in some of his. Uh, it comes out in all of his stories, yeah. really. But, yeah. So so here's the passage that. I picked for The Witches by Roald Dahl. And it's a, I think it's a song. You know, there was a lot of songs yes. in his books. I'm not going to sing it, but uh, you can definitely get the vibe from this. And it's, it's, a, it's basically the, the witches expressing their hatred of children. Yep. And it's I love that such a strong hatred. Um, it's so good. I loved how he treated bad adult characters. Yeah. Just so extreme. Anyway, here is uh, The Witches talking about why what they want to do to children. Down with children. Do them in. Boil their bones and fry their skin. Bish them, skish them, bash them, mash them. Break them, shake them, slash them, smash them. Offer chocks with magic powder. Say, eat up, then say it louder. Cram them full of sticky eats. Send them home still guzzling sweets. And in the morning, little fools go marching off to separate schools. A girl feels sick and goes all pale. She yells, hey, look, I've grown a tail. A boy who's standing next to her screams, help, I think I'm growing fur. Another shouts, we look like freaks. There's viscous growing on our cheeks. A boy who was extremely tall cries out, what's wrong? I'm growing small. Four tiny legs begin to sprout from everybody round about. And all at once, all in a trice, there's, there are no children, only mice. <laughs> That's brilliant. Such a great text. Ah, oh, just fantastic. Amazing. I think at that period of my life, reading Roald Dahl books independently and loving it, mm. um, it was a real milestone in my literacy. You know, you, yeah. And it, it learning about rhyme and color and yeah, it's so inspiring. I think um they 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 certainly stand the test of time, those books. Definitely. Okay, so in the next episode, we're gonna explore teenage reading. Love it, the tumultuous um, years. Yeah. 
which is very exciting. I can't wait to hear what were what were the texts that uh, that defined your <laughs> all of the your, dark texts that oh, defined your dark wait youth. You hear, <laughs> yes, wait until you hear. So thanks very much for listening, everybody. I hope that was entertaining. We'd love to hear your stories. Yes, please definitely. get in touch with us and let us know what texts inspired you and changed you and shaped you as a as a young child. Uh, maybe we can take this journey together. Mm. So just get in touch. You can join the, the EP Thought Leadership Group on LinkedIn. That's teaching and learning in the digital age. You can also join the Global EP English Teachers Facebook group. We'd love you to join that. We, we do a lot of uh, cool things on there. But you can also just reach out to us by email by getting in touch with educationperfect.com. Mm-hmm. So thanks very much, Irini. I will thanks, see you for the next one. Yeah, fantastic. Let's do it. <laughs>